So remember the warning of God. That, that's healthy for us. Remember the hand of God. The very time of your darkness is in His hand. Whatever the season, however long, according to God's holy purpose. And remember to hope in God. They say, what does that have to do with fear? Everything. According to Psalms in the book of Proverbs. Psalm 147, the psalmist would say, He that is God delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He has no pleasure in the legs of a man. Now, in ancient battle, those are two things you wanted. A good, fast horse and a strong man who's agile and able with the strength of his legs to to move about on the battlefield. No tanks, no guns, just a sword and agility with a horse. That was a great advantage. But that's no advantage to God. Because the next verse says, The Lord taketh pleasure in those that fear Him and those that hope in His mercy. The fear and the hope are in the same person. Now that won't exist in the same house, in the same bedroom, right? You ever known a child that had a nightmare? They awake from the nightmare. And the first impulse is to remove themselves from the place of fear. They begin to run in hope. Where? Well, to their parents' bedroom. Their expectation, their hope is that if I make it to my parents' bedroom, all is safe, all is well, all is good. So in one room you have fear, in the other room you have hope. They do not exist together, except in this text. God takes pleasure, God delights in the person that fears Him, that hopes in His mercy. So to fear God in our text while you're in the darkness is to hope in the mercy of God. Oh, how we need hope, especially in a time of darkness, because that's what we think we've lost. All hope is gone. We can't see the light of day. We can't see past the end of our noses. Sometimes, when the darkness encroaches, it seems as if all hope is lost. But to fear God is to rest in what God says and to hope in His mercy, because those two exist in the same room. For example, suppose you awaken in your bedroom to the judgment, the unflinching righteousness, and the wrath of God. You have for the first time a consciousness of God's wrath. And your first impulse is to run for hope. Now according to the text, as soon as you leave your bedroom, you go back to it. Because your hope is in the same God of wrath. So here, mercy and hope... And fear exists in the same bedroom. How can that coexist? How can you stay in the room that you fear God's wrath, but yet there's hope in the same room? We think about the wrath of God. We think about fearing God in a healthy, reverent way. We think about His righteousness and and who He is. There is no greater thing to fear that you could ever imagine. If, if the, the human imagination could think of a, a terror, a fear, a torment, a torture that could last from birth to about 80 years old. And it's the worst the imagined man, uh, the imagination of the mind could ever comprehend. That falls infinitely short of the fear of the wrath of God. It, it doesn't even get caught. You can't imagine the wrath of God. 
So how do we hope in the God of wrath? Because God's mercy has sent His Son to absorb it. And so when we see things that we fear about God, that we have a reverence about God, we're fearing it in the sense that we adore the God that we now hope in because He settled His own wrath. He satisfied it. His justice has been satisfied. His righteousness has been meted out in the person of Christ. So we can stay in the same room when we see things that are about God's wrath in Scripture because we're hoping in the person who's absorbed the very wrath of God. So hoping in God is to fear God. It's not to tremble in torment. It's to tremble with a delight because mercy has satisfied the very justice of God and we find it in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ.